Yeah, it's great to have him uh, playing 12 with me. Like, we're, we're competitive with everything. We've <laughs> always been competitive. It's like, you know I mean? I'm sure most brothers are competitive. Um, so we've always been like that growing up. But uh, it's great to have him in the centre playing with me. And it actually makes my job a lot easier. Um, I think it makes the attack flow a lot more. Um, and he's a bit of chunk about him as well. So I think he can handle himself in there. Oh, brilliant. Brother fat and- <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the first thing that comes up yeah. in this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome back to House of Rugby URC. Now, as we thought and we expected, Ireland thumped Italy only there a few minutes ago, which was a great result, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But unfortunately, we don't have Jason today, but we do still have the lovely Megan Williams. How are you, Megan? Hi, good. What a weekend of rugby. I'm really excited to dive into... This podcast today, there's so much to talk about. I've literally been sat on my sofa all weekend, don't know about you, and <laughs> um, I think we're going to have real mixed emotions about this Irish performance. Yeah, we've loads of rugby to talk about today. Obviously, the Six Nations and the URC happened, but we also have a great guest that's going to help us talk about all that. We have Irish and Leinster International, Ross Byrne. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for coming in, man. Where'd you watch the game? I was watching at home there, yeah. Yeah? You and the brother. Interesting. Yeah. Spectacle to say the least. Yeah. I think it was pretty much ruined after the, the red card and then the uh, fiasco, really, what happened with the referee and the scrum. I know it's the rule, but um, felt pretty bad for it. You have to say, going down to 13 players. Yeah, well, I was just scrambling on my phone there trying to figure out what the rule even was. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to explain it simply? Uh, no. I had about five people <laughs> texting me, to be honest, being like, what's going on? I was asking people. Um, I, I think it's to stop teams basically if they're getting destroyed in the scrum and basically faking injuries. So if you have to go uncontested scrum, you get punished by losing another player. But it seems like a pretty outdated rule. I mean, if like a leader's something they can do, the hooker goes off injured and they get a red card and they suffer the consequences of losing another player. And you can see even the Italian captain, his face when he was like, the referee saying you have to take a player out. He didn't know what to do. And he's doing his best, I think, to, yeah. to argue the point. But I mean... Kind of feel bad for the referee as well. I think that was his first Six Nations game and he's probably going to... I mean, I don't really know what else he's meant to do. Maybe mm-hmm. he could have explained it a little bit better, but I suppose he is just doing his job. Yeah. But it's tough on the Italians. I think for our listeners, like I was really, really unsure as well. But I suppose you said it right. The ref as well seemed to be a little bit unsure. It seemed like it was a really outdated old rule. And when they went back to the analysis, they were saying that it's something they now need to go look at for the future. Are they going to keep this rule the law are they going to change it yeah well it's supposed it's to discourage mm. teams faking injuries and to go uncontested scrums because you know ross if your scrum's getting driven backwards you're gonna be like go for un- uncontested mm. scrums here guys mm. so i presume that's the reasoning behind it but it's just there's a big chart i think that world rugby have um that would be showing up on, on the screen here but we were looking through it just before we came on yeah. and there's loads of different scenarios getting <laughs> injured contact injuries head injuries so it seems a bit nuts but then again does it create fairness in the game what what do you think, do you think well i've makes- never actually seen a team mm. or i've never been involved in a team where they you've like they've faked injuries so the scrum does go uncontested i've seen it before where people get injured and it goes uncontested but i've yeah. never actually seen in a big game where a team goes down you know what i mean the props fake an injury and they go to uncontested scrums so yeah. and i think it'd be pretty would you be able to tell? I don't know, but I think it's up to yeah. the referee. I mean, we've got different doctors who decide if someone needs mm. to go for a HIA and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty crazy nowadays that that's what's happening in an international game that a team goes down to 13 players for yeah. 
no fault of their own. Yeah, well, you have loads of caps yeah. for Ireland, like, and you obviously wouldn't be best placed rather than me and Megan to talk about how much that does change a game going on mm. to this in scrubs. Does it just make it like a nothing game, really, then? Because there's just no, no set piece to play off. Yeah, I mean, even Italy losing the hookers as well. The prop came on and throwing the line. He actually did really, I think he won his first three lines. <laughs> like, yeah. He did remarkably well. Um, but I mean, even for Ireland, yeah, their plan probably, what stuff they've planned all week probably goes out the window a little bit um, when, mm. they go down thir- when Italy go down 13 players like that. Um, and there was space everywhere for them. And even on the scrums, yeah, I'm sure the front row for Ireland were probably a little bit disappointed because they're probably looking forward to the challenge that the Italians were going to we're going to post them um, and I suppose even for players looking to put their hands up for a selection in a few mm-hmm. weeks it's probably going out the window as well to be honest but like a little bit of a sloppy game from Ireland I think would you be a little bit frustrated watching that Ross sitting back you know feeling like <laughs> uh, yeah like I don't think they'll be happy with the performance mm-hmm. um, I think they probably would have felt they should have scored a lot more tries and they probably had a a lot more handling errors than they would have wanted. Now, I don't know whether the ball looked, was a little bit wet, maybe, but I think the Italians did well. Like, mm-hmm. they, they dug in and not easy playing with 13 players. I've done it for 10 minutes, not let alone doing it for 60 minutes. Game. Like, um, their defence was incredible. They just flew off the line and they made it very difficult for Ireland. But I think Ireland will look back on it and probably be a little bit disappointed with their performance. But, I mean, also, they're probably going to move on pretty quick to England. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got the job done, five points, bit of a score like in terms of points difference they've built up a little bit more of a tally than maybe France did against them so I'd say they'll move on pretty quickly but like you said like Italian the Italians were tenacious and tough I thought they you know considering they were down so many many players they did they did really well over their tackling and you know putting Ireland on the back foot to make them enforce their mistakes a lot of the time and I suppose the main question really would be is what would we learn from that match uh, well, I think Ross is a better place mm. than that, but I don't think we learned too much, to be honest. Like, we got guys game time, fellas came in, like Kieran Treadwell came in and things like that. But, like, Ireland didn't play that well, in my opinion. They had four mm. penalties in the first 15 minutes, and you know, in an Irish setup, you probably don't even want nearly four penalties the whole game. Like, so that's, mm. that's pretty poor start. And there was a lot of knock ons and, and handling errors, which I thought was a bit uncharacteristic, but they still got one by 50. What, 57-6, which is huge, as you said, because France only got about 30 points against them. Mm-hmm. And if France lose any of their last games, then we're going to go in the lead by points difference. So I suppose it's a bit of a job done and move on. Is it, Ross? I think so. Like, I think they'll they'll do a bit of a review, but it's tough to... Even in the plays that they would have planned throughout the week, like, they're not planning them to run them against 13 players. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, even when they're reviewing stuff like that, it's going to be difficult to judge it. Um and I think the points tally is what they're going to be really care about. And I think they'll move on to England pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And how do you think um, your fellow teammates got on? So we, Henshaw was playing, Lowe was playing. Do you think they did it well? Yeah, I think obviously it's like it's good to see the lads get back in there. Also, they haven't been in, in the last few games where Robbie was on the bench, obviously, against France. And it's good to see him get back in there. And hopefully he gets to play again in a few weeks. Um, and Lowe as well. I think they're probably... I suppose when the 13 players are probably their eyes probably lit up a little bit in terms <laughs> mm-hmm. of this is a great opportunity. But... Um, it probably didn't really fall for them. Uh, it just got a little bit scrappy, which is unfortunate for them. They didn't really get to show too much opportunity. But, I mean, Lowy still scored a try. And I suppose a big thing with Lowy playing is his left foot. Um, I think mm. you probably saw that today, how many times Ireland used him on the exit, um, which is very important, particularly in those tight games. I think against England, I think he'll probably play. Um, I think that left foot is a huge weapon, trying yeah. to exit out of your half. It's so important in those games and they're so tight. Mm. On the, I thought it was, obviously it's great to see James <coughs> O back in playing. He's one of the best 
wingers, if not the best winger we have. But for him to just go straight back in after being injured, is that not a bit of a weird thing? In, like, how would that be in the dressing room that James O just goes straight back in and leapfrogs everyone else? Maybe ask the lads who are in camp. I'm sure they wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd say yeah. because he was performing so well, I suppose, before the Six Nations, it'd be hard not to let him go back into the squad. So obviously he had a bit of uh, time off because of his hamstring in injury, but he played so well in those New Zealand games and in the Autumn Internationals, lead, get him get him some game time back into the Irish setup with this yeah, you know, the game that would I be think strong. Like Andrew Conway's been playing exceptional. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like he just doesn't get to play. Keith Earls is sitting there training and he doesn't get to play. Like James yeah, Rogers it is unfair. Straight I back understand. In. But maybe I, as we were just chatting there, Ross obviously being the, the rugby player here, it's probably his last foot that got him in. He gives that mm. exit option. Is that kind of probably he kicks reason? a lot this uh, today, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think Lowe is playing today because he's, they're going to pick him against England. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason they've brought him in is to get him game time before that mm -hmm. and to get him into the team. Um, I'd be very surprised if they brought him in today and he doesn't play against England. It wouldn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why they've brought him in now. Look, lads are going to be gone. Why is he jumping in straight ahead of me? Like you said, like Conway. But that's, yeah. unfortunately, that's the nature of the game. Like, um, So I think they see... Uh, also, his physical, his physicality, I suppose, is also a big feature of his game as well. Um, and he's a big threat off starter plays as well. Um, it's tough on the lads though that have been mm. in there and been playing well. Yeah. There was nothing like hugely outstanding today, but I have to mention Mike Lowry. It's great to see him come in at fullback because a few weeks ago we were questioning who's going to replace uh, Hugo Keenan if he wasn't playing or he's going to be injured. So, And he had a great match. He nearly got three tries. We gave the last pass then to James Lowe on the wing. Um, but yeah, he's for such a like, small guy, so strong, physical. And um, it was great for him to get on the scoreboard and get some game time for Ireland. Yeah. How do you think he played, Ross? Yeah, he's a good player. Very good player. Like, we've played against him a lot now um, over the last few years. And he's, every time he plays for Ulster against us, he's a nightmare mm. to deal with. Like, he's so <laughs> quick. Mm -hmm. His feet are phenomenal. Um, and for a small guy, he's good under the high ball and he's a very yeah. brave defender as well. Um, so, I think that probably was a big question as well. If Hugo doesn't play, mm. he's just a bit of a machine, I suppose. He just plays every single game in 80 <laughs> minutes. Like, he's... Ridiculous. Yeah, he is machine-like. So, um, mm. I suppose that's potentially the answer for now anyway. Um, yeah, but I think Mike did well, and I suppose it's a nice, nice game to make your first, be your first your debut, like exactly. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. debut against Italy, and they have thirteen men. Yeah. Like there was gaps all over the park for him, but he yeah. had to take them. He, he seemed like he was really enjoying it. After he scored his two tries, he scored, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was smiling away like it was the best day ever, and he passed one off to James O. Seems like they're having great cracks. So. Shouldn't have asked. Yeah, he shouldn't have asked. <laughs> take, take your hat trick. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Um, another talking point in the game, which um, it's great to have you in, in studio for, was Carberry went off after 53 minutes and they brought on Sexton. What do you think the reason was behind that? Uh, probably because Johnny will play against England and get him game time. Um, yeah. I think that's. I think a man like been playing at, what, he's 35 now, does he need game time? Uh, I suppose, yeah, just to sharpen up before England, I suppose, because there's another, there's no game next week as well. So, um, and Johnny probably wants to play. Um, mm -hmm. You'd want to play before a game like that. You'd want to get minutes. Um, I know he's on, he's only been injured for a couple of weeks, but um, me guessing from the outside, that's that's what I'd say why he got so much time off the bench today. Yeah. I was, I was uh, watching it in a, in a pub in Ranla and when Joey went off and Sexton came on, so many people were like, why are you bringing him on? He's going to get hurt. Leave him off. We need him against England. So it's kind of that perception that like Johnny's just going to get hurt. But as you said, he needs the game time. Like he's coming back off injury and stuff. Mm. Um, but I'll have to ask you, like the element in the room, how much do you want to get back into that team, Ross? Like you're ready to go. You're playing incredible with Leinster. Like right. how's the feeling watching the boys playing every week? 
yeah, well, I think everyone who uh, who's not on the Irish team wants to be in it. And so I suppose for me, it's cliche to say, but all I can do is play for Leinster. Um, I feel like I'm playing really well at the moment. Um, yeah. It's probably the best rugby of my career. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I suppose that's not good enough. So I need to get to another level, um, which I think I can definitely do. So... Uh, for me, it's just about uh, winning every week for Leinster and putting in as, as good performances as I can. Yeah, well, I think you're you're honestly playing some of the best rugby, and I don't think it's not. My personal opinion is that it's not that it's not good enough. I think if you went in playing for Ireland now, you'd be playing just as well, and the team would be playing really well. It's just that there's so many people at ten now in Ireland, like which is a good problem for mm-hmm. Ireland, but obviously an annoying personal problem for you. Um, but hopefully, we'll see you in there again now soon. There's, there's a trip will. to New Zealand coming this summer. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, it's five games, I think, down there as well. So that'll be a tough uh, yeah. tough tour at the end of a very long season. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially, I suppose, after Ireland beating them in November, it's, uh, it's a New Zealand will be uh, frothing at the mouth waiting, waiting for Ireland. Can't wait there. to get you down there. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose it's probably exactly what Ireland needs, to be honest, before the World Cup. Um, it'll probably really show where they are in terms of the squad depth as mm-hmm. well, because I'd imagine they won't be... I mean, is every player going to go unscathed until the end of the season, until that tour? Probably not. Um, and even with the amount of games down there. So I'd say the squad depth will definitely be tested. So it'll, it'll, it'll probably be exactly what Ireland need. Yeah. And you obviously have one eye on the World Cup next year. Like you'd love that would be a goal of yours, obviously, to get into the squad for that. Yeah, it'd be, be brilliant. Like obviously, I think um, the probably the strength and depth or the talent of the Irish teams as well at the moment. Um, you would say Ireland are probably one of the favourites going into the World Cup. Mm. Um, in terms of how well the provinces are doing um, in Europe, um, the depth that the provinces have as well. So and I think the other countries would definitely fear playing Ireland in the World Cup. Yeah, mm. it's nearly a problem for Ireland though is that everyone's expecting, no, oh, we're probably doing pretty well, this is a World Cup for us and then we just get too, too on top of the team. Like, Do you feel that outside pressure of everyone expecting you to play so well? Um, I don't know if... Personally, no, but like the media attention in Ireland is definitely quite unique. Um, yeah. I think probably because Ireland's so small, like even if you were to look at the maybe the media in England, say England played um, Wales on the weekend, but then today the Premier League's back on, you know what I mean? Then there's Champions <laughs> League midweek or there's cricket or... So rugby probably is quite small in comparison to, to rugby. Or sorry, rugby's quite small yeah. in comparison to other sports, whereas here kind of feels like when the Six Nations on, like nothing else is happening, yeah. if that makes sense. So uh, I think yeah. maybe that's why it feels like here rugby gets so scrutinised. Um, so it's, it's, it is a bit strange, but um, I, mean, I don't think it's going to change anytime no, yeah. soon. It's Definitely only going to increase. Yeah. You were just saying before the show as well, it feels like it's been a really kind of long season um, for you guys. Are you looking yeah, forward? To- it's a strange season because yeah. of like the start is kind of so busy. Then we, obviously, if you're not in the international mm-hmm. setup, there's no games for us um, in November. And then obviously we had all the COVID cancellations around Christmas, which was obviously incredibly frustrating. And usually that's a really busy period. Um, The the only positive about those games being cancelled is that we're playing those games now. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyone who's not in the setup, the Ireland setup, has games to play, whereas we were only meant to have, I think, two scheduled games in eight weeks, Yeah, uh, which is a long time to go without playing, particularly if you want to be putting your hand up for selection, (laughs) like I mean, so... um, and then I suppose it also means that the end of the season is going to be very heavy if you keep winning all your games. So. Yeah, of course. Well, we, we've been talking about Ireland for ages now. Just to kind of wrap it up, tip of the hat to Josh Vanderfleer. Mm. How well is he playing, man? The carrying he's doing. He's just kind of added that into his game recently, hasn't he? Going, well, for, going for a record amount of matches. Yeah. Do you have a match against him? Yeah. You got man of match again, yeah. It's yeah, second time, match. I think, yeah. 
Yeah, he did. But I, he's obviously always carried the ball, but yeah. I think he's noticeably carrying the ball now. You train with him every week. Does, has he been working on that? Uh, yeah, like, he's kind of, he's always had the ability to do it, but I think it's almost just like nearly every carry is the dominant one at the moment. I think it's his, his acceleration when he gets the ball is phenomenal. Because mm. uh, he's, he's not the biggest guy, Josh, but mm. he's, uh, he's incredibly powerful. Um, yeah. And yeah, every time he carries the ball, he seems to almost be breaking a tackle. Um, mm. And his work rate around the pitch is, is phenomenal. But he's, yeah. uh, I think he's playing the best rugby of his career. But that's what I've also yeah. noticed that he's, his support lines, it's like he's a scrum half just getting yeah. offloads. He's a phenomenal engine. Yeah, mm. I mean, he plays nearly 80 minutes, I think, every game as well. So, mm. uh, no, he's, it's great to see him flying because obviously he's had tough times past with injury and it's yeah. been a little bit frustrating for him as well but yeah. it's great to see him in, in this form and getting uh, getting picked every week as well yeah, he's always incredible. all over the pitch yeah. but look like you said we can talk about Ireland all day we'll have to park that one and hopefully they'll come out even bigger and better for uh, the next game against England which we'll definitely dive into when we go into the England match as well but let's talk about the Scottish and French game that was a huge match I had really really enjoyed it so France obviously beating them 36-17 looking like France is unstoppable at the moment what did you make of that game Russ? Yeah France just looked too good um, like I I didn't even think they were like it's kind of like they, they go through the game and they're kind of like in second gear and then just bang they switch it on they score two tries then they kind of go into second gear again a bit of a lull and then bang they hit you again like mm. it's uh, it's amazing the way they can do it like they just kind of flick a switch on and off but uh, the balance of their team is kind of frightening I think to be honest in terms of the power they have up front obviously Dupan is uh, like, very interesting to see how they go if he wasn't playing yeah. uh, he's just a freak um, and then even the, the yeah. firepower they have in the back line at the moment is phenomenal not just mm-hmm. the speed but the power um, and even the players they bring off the bench is uh, they're a tough team to beat um, they definitely dominated I think in this match in the breakdown area and the collisions Like the, obviously we spoke about it last week as well that the players are are huge but as well in saying that Scotland by half time I think it was only 10-12 they were in the game the whole entire half like I suppose we have to mention that horrific moment where Stuart Hogg dropped the ball (laughs) Jesus how many times have we seen him do that in moments of like where they could really really change the game yeah I suppose for our listeners um, it was uh, Van der Meer who made that lovely lovely Mm. break and passed then to Chris with that really long loop and pass to Stuart Hogg and I was screaming I don't know anybody else it's a three on one it's a three on one like he could have really attacked that inside shoulder and given the ball like what do you think what do you make of that moment yeah I mean look that'd be (laughs) I wouldn't find myself in that position (laughs) I know I can't really criticise but uh, they'll be kicking themselves they didn't take that opportunity but to be honest I still think France would have won yeah like it's just the power they have not in the starting team but off the bench as well and the fact they're going 6-2 split mm-hmm. um, but that moment was just before half time I think they probably could have put them back into the game coming out from half time it, it definitely would have changed momentum yeah. of the game and particularly Scotland at home and we would have probably seen how good France are mm-hmm. um and it would have definitely given Scotland a lot more life and it probably sucked a lot of momentum out of Scotland yeah, um, yeah. probably sapped their energy um, and I'd say France were very relieved to see that happen. Yeah, because it's Entomac chasing. Stuart no, he was gone. He was scoring if he caught it. Like, yeah. uh, not many people are going to catch him. But it, it wasn't even that <clears> bad of a pass. Obviously, it was looping, but it was like it was out in front of him a little bit of a reach. Yeah, he like should have caught it. He should have caught it. Yeah, he has to catch that. Like, but, but look, he done that. When did he drop that ball on the try line against uh, against Ireland? He could have won the game that mm. time. Yeah, so many times he's done it. Like, yeah. But then just, again, obviously the rugby heads are like, why is Chris Harris trying to skip tree? Like, you know, exactly. Just, just put it through the hands. Ali Price. 
Bruce was right beside him. Like, but um, that's another talking point for Scotland before we talk about how good France are still. Rory <laughs> Darge had a great, great game. Mm-hmm. Five turnovers and a great try, which kind of kept Scotland in it. Like, so it did. Yeah, he, he, he had a decent game. Um, what kind of players who stood out for you? Like for me, I think the winger, um, yeah, I absolutely Pinnell, love him. Yeah. For such a big guy, he has such a like strong step and keeping the ball alive, especially on that time that they scored that try and yeah I think he was phenomenal yeah he'd, he's been playing very well in the Six Nations of fairness but they had great tries all he scored two mm-hmm. Gail Fico's try was like an under 13's try yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a powerful man like for someone who doesn't look that big he's uh, he's phenomenal and he seems to kind of be the glue a little bit in the back line he's the one that yeah. seems to always be picked obviously they've had like Vaktau is not even playing, which is like, he must be injured, is he? Well, he's back now, but like I suppose they have Dante and they have Mo Fana who played on the wing, but Fiku seems to be the guy that they always pick. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that probably says a lot about his leadership as well. Mm. Um, he's only young, he, he's he's our age, like. Yeah. He's, he's year old. <laughs> <laughs> One year older, yeah. Maybe not me. <laughs> but I love the way he, he backs himself. Like, especially yeah. for that try. He, you know, he obviously came across the pitch, but he backed himself to score that try. Mm. And lovely bit of footwork. He was really, really strong to finish that. Yeah, it was a great try. And Dante's try, he, he got a very lucky mm-hmm. bounce on it, but it was off a turnover. Yeah. That's what France, seem, their mindset seems to be. Once they turn over, they just go, go, go. Yeah. What, what, what did you make of that? Try? Yeah, they come alive off turnover, like or any loose play. Um, they're, even their first try against Ireland, like off the quick line out, like they're. Yeah. Whenever the balls in play like that, they're so dangerous. And mm. I thought Dante was very impressive. Like obviously he's known for his his gain line really. Um, but I thought his mm. hands were very good. He's um, like a young Bastro, isn't they he? They used him very well. Yeah. He's been he's been around for a while. Um, but he obviously he's moved to La Rochelle this year um, and he's really come back in favour with the French squad. So Yeah, Roger's uh, doing his good stuff then. He must be doing something well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that seems to be a different mindset with the French. I presume it's with them looking at the World Cup in France <laughs> next year, that they seem to like for want of a better phrase, they care about it more. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I think they, I think they've won the under twenties World Cup the last. I know it hasn't happened now with COVID, but they've won the last two or two, maybe I think, with like players like Entomac and these lads coming through. So I suppose um, Wokey in the second row, like yeah. these guys have won, I suppose, World Championships at underage level. Um, I suppose they definitely probably switched the mindset, and I think potentially the best. French appointment of all time has been Sean Edwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he has just changed. I don't know how much he does. I don't know anything about the inside of their camp, but like their whole mindset towards defense has changed. Their whole work rate in terms of kick chase, everything, yeah. uh, the amount of pressure they put on the rook, like they, that's not what France were like four or five years ago. Mm. Um, so for me, I think he's been, he's done some job for them. Yeah, he must be the big change because they're just completely different mindset. They get mm. up off the line now, mm. they're attacking the rocks, which is just weird to see that a French side are doing it. But So I presume he's on top of them for a mindset kind of thing. He must be, like he must be driving it um, yeah. week in, week out with them. And you can even see that the way the French clubs are playing now, a lot of them would defend like that. So you'd imagine that when they go from the international camp back to their clubs, they're bringing mm. the stuff that they're doing there. Yeah. Who, I don't know who we had on a few weeks ago that was talking about French club players. But he was saying that they used to not want to go to French international camp. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly who it was, but um, someone and they were saying that they'd be told at club level that, oh, you have international camp next week. And they're like, oh, God, they don't want to go <laughs> because they're just sick of the, they obviously didn't have a good um, atmosphere yeah. in there. So there must have been a big clear out and they're really focusing towards the World Cup next year. Like, do you think they can even lose a game in the Six Nations now? Do you think Ireland can get, get back to win it? Uh, I can't see France losing. Um, yeah. 
No, I think France will go to Wales, and I think they'll like they're playing in the Millennium. I think they're playing. Yeah, like I just think that's too much. Oh, sorry. But if you if you <laughs> exactly if you were England or Wales, like how would you stop them? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Like, um, and even the way Wales play is very attritional, but like I don't mm. know if that's the way to go against them. Yeah. Um, I think France will beat them, and then England. Like, just something in England I'd love to see England bring in the two Vinopolos to play France like that'd be a, and if Tulagi was fit because then you would think it'd be they'd kind of be matched physically um, yeah. like it seems to be a huge tactic from France to score fr- from the other team's mistakes like yeah. over the turnovers they seem to score off those turnovers a lot they've done that a lot of this competition yeah. we saw it with du- well it wasn't Dupont's try but his break we ran like oh, 50 metres oh that was unreal and mm. I, I looked back and I was like he must have been running against props and stuff he doesn't he, start, he steps Darcy Graham first mm-hmm. then runs up through the middle and then bounces off Ali Price like, he's going up against proper good international backs there yeah. like how is he so good man? he uses it's- his players around him as yeah. well as like like they block them, him almost because yeah. he's a small enough guy but um, but he has the speed and the he's crazy he's strong he yeah. is yeah but like their whole game is built on pressure like they're actually a very pragmatic team in terms of they don't play like rugby in their own half mm. um, and even Jaminet coming in in the last kind of season he's added another element to their like as I was talking about Lowy's left foot the, yeah. their exits like all their exits they just kick the ball as long as they possibly can and they hope to get the ball further up the pitch whether that's off broken field or through the power of their pack yeah. They don't have a lot of structure, but they just do the few things they do. They do it incredibly well. Whether mm. that's their exits, their set piece, and then relying on the, the either the let's say the French flair or the power of their pack. <laughs> yeah, it's so effective. They but that's the only thing they were missing for years was the defensive element and mm. the mindset and staying in the game and their fitness. Yeah, the, which are kind of like the non-negotiables really in yeah. Irish rugby, but they weren't in France. Yeah. So now they have that on top of the French flair. Like the only way I can see them getting beaten or and not doing well is if they start getting injuries. And they lose their top line players. Yeah, I still think they're building like the depth that they have. Um, even like when Jaminet went off yesterday, Ramos came on, who's a Toulouse fullback, like yeah. um, who plays ten as well. Like, I always thought he was better than Jaminet yesterday. Mm. Um, now yeah. Dupont, I do think is the key. If he was to go, it would be very interesting to see the guy they have on the bench, that Luke, who I think his name now is yeah. plays for Bordeaux, who are top of the top fourteen. So like he's a good player, but yeah, he did, well, think he did well when he came on. the best player on the planet, I think. Yeah, um, of course, it was World Rugby Player of the Year at the moment, isn't he? Um, yeah. Well. I, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. We're talking a little bit about the Scottish team as well. Shane Horgan from Virgin Media described Finn Russell's performance as pathetic. Is that a bit of a harsh call? <laughs> or fair? What do you think? Uh, Finn Russell's Finn Russell. Like, um, you have a bit of miss. a Finn Russell about you, but you're more structured and you kick more you kick more smartly and you don't take as many risks. But you're kind of laissez faire, like chill, like pass the ball. Yeah, but yeah. he, like, it's very he's very different when he plays for Racing. Like I think when he plays for Racing, it suits him perfectly. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he either has Teddy Urubrian or Maxi Machino inside him. They do all the goal kicking. They take a lot of responsibility on exits. He kind of can do his own thing. Yeah. When he plays for Scotland, he's a lot more responsibility. And look, when it comes off, it's great to watch. It's entertaining. But I suppose how many times has it not come mm. off? And um, it's probably very frustrating for the players that he plays with, but then maybe they say, on the other hand, when it comes off, he wins us the game. So that's just the way he is, and I don't think he's ever going to change. Hit and miss. Um, like he has those moments of brilliance, and you, then you rave about him for yeah. the next week, and then you do something bad, and you're like, oh my God. It's his biggest strength and yeah. his biggest weakness. That's it. Like it, it's just the way he is. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to change, but Townsend mm-hmm. keeps picking him. Yeah. Um, there's probably no one else there really that's like really knocking on the door that's 
the polar opposite. Mm. Like even Kinghorn, who's on the bench, he's probably like he's been playing fullback wing for the last few years, and yeah. he's not someone who's going to come on and manage the game for you. So I suppose maybe he's the best of that type of player. They don't really seem to have any, mm. let's say, just game managers. So. Yeah. So if we play um, them on March the 19th, is there anyone in the Scottish team that the Irish players should be worried about? Um, well, in my opinion, Chris Harris is an incredible player. He was probably one of the best centres, mm. one of the backs in, against the Lions team. So he'll be good. Uh, Finn Russell, if he turns up and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But I just can't see Ireland losing as well against Scotland. Like, what do you No, think I think Ireland will have too much for Scotland, too mm. much power. Like, I think Scotland could definitely frustrate them, I think, if they go with... Uh, Rory George, as you mentioned, he's yeah. a nightmare at the breakdown. He's a very good player. They're to pick Watson as well. Dewan um, Van de Meer as well. He's, yeah, he's, he's been playing really well. Yeah, he is always a threat. I um, actually thought he had a poor enough game. I kind of player canned him for he, he couldn't handle Damien Pinot at all. Mm. He got around him two or three times. And even when he went through for his try, uh, Van de Merwe, he was like yeah. looking back when he saw Pinot, he like ran away. Like, <laughs> you know, which is weird, I'd say. But like Damien Pinot is one of the best players in the world. Mm. Like, so, and, and he was just on top of him th- for the day. Uh, but I just, I can't see Ireland losing to Scotland. But before we even talk about that, we have to talk about the England-Wales game, which is another Six Nations game that happened this weekend. Um, Wales travelled to Twickenham and it ended up being a really close game. Did you watch it, Megan? Um, yeah, it was different kind of Wales that we witnessed over the mm. last couple of weeks. Um, really, really close game. I just, I, I really thought they gave England a, re- a real run for the money. Like, I suppose they went down 17-0 and we thought, God, this game is dead and buried. Um, but they got those two tries within six minutes and I don't think England outplayed them at all. I actually thought Wales played better than them. They scored more tries. I think the only way that England got back into the game was from Marcus Smith's boot. He scored the majority of the points. Yeah, there's something about Wales when they play England. They just seem to be a different team. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. I think it was Wales' ill-discipline and then their line-out was creaking a bit. And obviously, Dombrand scored that try from the overthrow. Um, but I think Wales were they were improved a lot the last few weeks. I didn't think they were great against Scotland, even though they won. Mm-hmm. Um I think England are they're a bit it's hard to judge England at the moment like they're going through a bit of a transition period let's say because of the certain selections like they're not picking the Vunapola's uh, Ford isn't getting any game time Farrell's obviously injured so mm. the new backs coach the new attack yeah so the new backs new attack coach um, so even but key players that have been there for the last four or five years aren't playing mm. um, so it's hard to gauge England like I don't think they've been great but I don't know, is it all a master plan from Eddie Jones, maybe for the World Cup? It's hard um, to know what their game plan is. It doesn't seem to be the same as what it was last year. Mm. Well, obviously, like you mentioned, th- th- there is the new backs coach. But we spoke about this about, say, 18 months ago, we said it about the same about Ireland. You know, we weren't sure what their game plan was with Mike Cap bringing in, you know, um, different ways for Ireland to play. I mean, we're doing the same t- for England as well. We're like, what's England's game plan? But I think maybe we have to give this new coach a bit more time to get settled they have time before the World Cup yeah. I, what do you think I think they're just in a development phase I don't think mm. Eddie Jones really cares about, he obviously cares about Six Nations but he's not trying to win it I don't think I think he's looking at the World Cup he, I think it's all his uh, all his cards are going towards that seeing yeah. who can play in what positions he's obviously really backing Marcus Smith there he's trying mm. other guys out um, like Stewart at, at, the, at full back but as I said they, most of their points came from kicks yesterday yeah. like, which 
this is kind of weird. England usually score a lot of tries and they're they're winning, but it's just not that convincing. So, what do you do? You think it's more something they're looking at the World Cup? I don't know. It's a. I think one thing you'd always associate with England would be like their power and their physicality. They're um, not using that as much, I don't think. No, and I don't know if they have it yeah. as the same they did. Like obviously, Tuilagi was meant to play, and yeah. he pulled out with a hamstring Another injury. Hamstring so. Injury, yeah. It's a different story now if he's playing potentially in terms of the, the element that he brings. But I suppose the Vunapolis they've had over the last number of years, they just bring a different, like, they're just freaks. Like, yeah. um, and they just bring a level them. of power. Yeah, so he's not yeah. picking them. And they've signed on for Saracen, so they're not going anywhere. Mm. So they're still there to be picked. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I, I don't really know why he's not picking them, but they definitely don't have that power they've had the last few years yeah. um, so it's weird for them to be relying so much on Tuolangi like, like he's fit he, he starts like what, what's that about it's, it's weird for well, England to yeah, they haven't replaced him you see yeah. obviously Farrell was playing 12 as well and Slade seems to be the only one in the centre who's the mainstay but he switches between 12 and 13 and we don't know who plays in the centre if Tuolangi's not fit and obviously Farrell if Farrell was there I'd imagine he'd be playing 12 Yeah, but he's not there and we're kind of like I don't know who'll play against Ireland. Will it be Daly? Mm. He wasn't great. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I don't know if Ireland yeah. will know. Like I don't know who they'll be preparing for. But all the lads you named there, none of them are like aggressive ball carriers. Like no. Slade's very slick. Farrell's very slick. Elliot Daly's probably a fullback. He's not really a thirteen. Like so, they don't have the extra Tuilangi, which is weird because England have like hundreds of thousands of rugby yeah. players and they can't seem to find one. That probably just shows what a gem to allow you yeah but if you notice with the the, I suppose the difference maybe between the Irish team the centres that we have like a lot of them you know they all play week in week out with each other from Leinster and like Connacht and they're they're close-knit together whereas the English teams are more spread out so they're not with each other the same amount of time as the Irish backs does that make sense I know what you mean yeah yeah well obviously I suppose even in the last few weeks like I think the like Robbie and Gary playing today, I suppose, is a great example. They know each other so well. Inside out, yeah. Yeah, so it's obviously definitely probably makes it easier um, for them. I suppose that's even maybe the stranger thing about England because obviously you'd say they were basing their team a little bit around Saracens. Mm. Um, and even how they were playing a few years ago was pretty much the exact same way Saracens were playing. Mm. Um, but they seem to have just gone away from that. And it's as if they've made, like he's kind of made a clear statement, we're we're not going to base ourselves off this anymore. We're going to kind of go our own way. That makes yeah. sense. Um, I definitely think Wales did us a favour by exposing a lot of England's weaknesses. I think they'll take a lot from that game in um, in the reviews and Yeah, Wales, played, Wales actually played pretty well. They, they were did. slow to start, but then they scored three tries. Josh Adams scored for the first time for Wales in, in years, which was weird. Because wow. he scored loads for, obviously, his club and for the Lions, but he hasn't scored for Wales in, mm. a, few, in a few matches. So good to see him back in the score sheet. Nick... Tompkins scored and also Kieran Hardy their subsequent half at a moment of brilliance where he quick tapped and, mm. and scored so three tries which is re- really good for them so I'm hoping that will mean that they'll play well against France um, in the Principality Stadium and my pip France but my heart says they actually won't um, but what did you make of the Dombrandt try throw over the top there's there's kind of <laughs> chats that uh, Mario told From you was holding out. Adam Beard did you get a look at that one? Uh, I don't know. That'd be out of my area of expertise. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's did. from the from the line out, wasn't it? The line out. There definitely yeah. was. Um, so we threw the line out in. There seemed to be a bit of a miscommunication from from the hooker and yeah. the jumper. So it looked like they were going to do a dummy jump from the front, and the middle pod was going to go up, but the middle pod didn't go up, and then he the hooker threw it over anyway. So there definitely was just that mixed communication. It's something you don't see. Like, it's something you see even. Very I don't rare. I don't know if you see it in a club game. You know what I mean? It was so bizarre how yeah. it happened. So 
Mm-hmm. There must have been something going on, but if I told you, I told you I was holding someone, it's he's got to feel the old yeah. We're all back, so we don't really know. I mean, I jumped a few times in the sevens. I actually was uh, the hooker in the sevens. Were you the hooker? So I would jump, yeah. You're a jumper, no? So that's why I kind of was looking at it. I was thinking there was definitely that miscommunication yeah. from the hooker yeah. in the jump part. That's all it was, just a mistake. Yeah, I think we'll steer the three of us away from this chat for a quick <laughs> forgot. There'll be actual fours listening to this. I know, they'll be hating me. I'll to review the line out. But it was a great try, a great finish by yeah. Don Brandt, in fairness to him. But um, we'll have to see how England keep developing in the competition. They have to play France in France. How do you think they go on there? I think if France beat Wales and they're going for a Grand Slam at home, I think... I don't think they'll be stopped. Um, I think it'll probably show us more where England are over the next two games mm. when they play Ireland. Obviously in Twickenham, I think I think Ireland will win that game, but it'll be interesting to see how England go over the next two games. Oh, you think great. Ireland will beat uh, England in Twickenham? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. Is that your heart or your head talking? That's <laughs> <laughs> your question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I do think they win as well. But I loved how confident. Yeah. You were. Ireland will win in Twickenham. Where? For the last couple of years, like yeah. you don't know if they're going to win in Twickenham. But just going if off England... the last three performances yeah. of both teams, um, I don't think Italy is tough to judge off both teams. I don't think. Like you know what I mean. But I just think Ireland are. I think Ireland or France are just ahead of the other the other teams at the moment. Yeah. If if yeah. they play against if England play like they did against Wales against Ireland I think we'll we'll stash them. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's kind of our Six Nations wrapped up for this weekend, and looking forward to seeing how the other rounds go. But before we continue into analysis and the URC matches that were on this weekend, we have a really enjoyable part of the show where we ask our guest ten questions. So you ready to go, Ross? Yep. Lovely stuff. So the first one up is from Alan, and he wants to know who is the toughest player you've faced in your career so far. Uh, with Dupont we probably mentioned already a number of times in the show um, I think he's uh, the level he's playing at the moment is just incredible um, yeah. he's so hard to play against and just he's so unpredictable um, he kind of goes off script and does his own thing which is what makes him so tricky to play against but he's so fast so strong yeah so I yeah. think so Dupont and kind of to follow on from that question as an out half is it kind of like nearly a game of chess when two out halves are going up against each other or is, do you see much of each other on the pitch at all uh, it can be, yeah, it can be a little bit like that, particularly in the games that are very tight. Um, it definitely can be very much kind of who calls the right play when or who decides to let's open up a little bit more here and play a bit more as opposed to kind of sticking in a bit of a kicking battle because that's how those tight games tend to go, yeah. uh, particularly the bigger matches. Yeah, because mm. I was interested that you picked two pointers as scrum half and you wouldn't have picked a, an opposite 10. Yeah, I've actually... Ford and Farrell were very impressive playing against them. Um, Ford was 10, Farrell was 12. And I think Farrell, Farrell was pretty much like the coach on the pitch, to be honest. Like, that was probably the most impressive. I've never seen anyone like it. Really? Yeah, in terms of, like, he did not stop talking defence and attack. And it was it was like he was a coach on the pitch. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and Ford was, was very impressive as well. Just very tidy in everything he did. Um, and they just made the game look really easy. Um mm wasn't great then on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> so who's out? Great, I think everyone wants to know, especially me, how competitive it is it between you and Harry? <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, so were you happy with him getting um, a start at 12 instead of about half on Friday? Yeah, it's great to have him uh, playing 12 with me. Like, we're, we're competitive with everything. We've <laughs> always been competitive. It's like, you know I mean? I'm sure most brothers are competitive. Um, so we've always been like that growing up. But uh, it's great to have him in the centre playing with me. Um, it actually makes my job a lot easier. Nice. Um, particularly with Frawls being injured at the moment, um, who's obviously can play 10 as well. And he kind of gives that second playmaker. And uh, just having another pair of eyes, another 
set of eyes, someone who plays 10. Um, I think it makes the attack flow a lot more. Um, and he's a bit of chunk about him as well. So I think he can handle himself. <laughs> in there. Uh, brilliant. Brother fad and <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the first thing that comes off yeah. in this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Leicester do seem to find a, a, a nice sweet spot there with you at 10 and Harry at 12. You obviously know each yeah. other in and out. And do you speak a lot and you kind of take turns of going into the first receiver position? Yeah, like we'd obviously be discussing stuff all the time mm. and throughout the week, um, different plays and who we're up against or defensive systems or players and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, as you said, we can interchange very easily. Um, yeah. I suppose the last few games have probably been a bit stop-started, but there's definitely been elements where you can probably, you can really see it uh, flowing. So it'll be interesting to see if, if we get picked again and see if it, if it keeps developing. It seems to be the winning mm. formula anyway, which you, two weeks in a row now you've played really well. And what I actually wanted to uh, top, tip my hat off to you last week was your crossfield kick to Jimmy. You gave it back inside to James Lowe. You basically got James Lowe back into the Irish team by being I so know, creative. Yeah, yeah. It's typical, isn't it? Love and I've seen your celebration at the end. You were like this as well. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure I said it. We were yeah. doing it last week. We are like, how good is James Lowe? Yeah, really like, yeah but J- Ross Byrne did a crossfield kick in the 22. <laughs> what a nut job. What made you think that? Were you just playing with that confidence at the moment with Leinster? Yeah, like it was just, I don't really, I didn't really have time to think about it. Just the space was there. Jimmy went straight to the edge and just backed myself to kick it. Like, um, I think the damage probably did to Ospreys as well in terms of they were kind of hammering our line for a little bit and then we go down the other end and it kind of kills them off completely. Um, Yeah, they were coming up fast on you, weren't they? Every week we said that. So, like, yeah, I think if you see something on like that, mm. you just have to back yourself and hopefully yeah. it comes off. Yeah, definitely. It definitely <laughs> you have the balls to do it, man. Means you're playing more confidence, <laughs> which is great to see. Hopefully more to come. But the next question is from username uh, megan 99 and he wants to know, are you the type of 10 that savors or dreads the clutch kicks? So if a, a, a conversion no, I, or penalty is coming up, do you, do you want it or do you get nervous? No, I think you have to want it. I think a lot of the time as well in games, you'll know if... Like if the game, if it goes from a seven-point game to a two-point game, you know what I mean, in the last five minutes, I think you're already gearing yourself towards it. Um, and I think you're, yeah, that's why you practice really, you know what I mean? So I think you have to embrace it as opposed to going, oh, Jesus, I hope you don't get a penalty here. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. That's your bread and butter. That's why you get paid the big bucks, man. <laughs> um, I have a question here from Lily. She asks, who is the messiest in the Leinster camp? James, James Ryan Hansen. He's, Why? He's just a disgrace. Stuff <laughs> everywhere. James Ryan easily. <laughs> Is you and Mike so with him. Yeah. I've roomed with him as well, and it's yeah, easily James Ryan. That's so funny. I wouldn't put him down as a messy man. I never, uh, uh, I played with him, sorry, under 18s when he was like 12 playing with him. But like, um, I didn't know he was messy. He was shy back then, you see. He was shy back then. Oh, he's the man now, is he? Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. I have a nickname. I'm called Messy Meg. Are you? By the girls in the rugby team or by your family? By everyone in my family. (laughs) (laughs) You're something James Ryan would get on to. Okay, next question up is from Pasita. That's the username. And they're asking about your future plans um is it always the dream to keep playing in leinster or go get the bag in france or <laughs> what, what's the plans yeah well look i'm in leinster at the moment and we'll see what happens in the future uh but at the moment i'm pretty happy here and obviously 
uh, always want to be competing um, for the highest honors. Um, so it's that's obviously very important. But yeah, no, uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, sure. You're only what 25 now. 26. 26. Oh, getting on now. Yeah, I get on, man. You've plenty more years left there. <laughs> we kind of touched on this question now at the beginning of the show. We we're just saying how disappointed were you not being selected um, for the Six Nations squad this year? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the bigger frustration probably was that from between November and the Six Nations, I think we had like f- three or four games cancelled with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be honest, that was the biggest frustration um, because I, you didn't really have a chance to go and show yourself and put your hand up. Um, and particularly where we had three games, teams named ready to go um, in Europe as well, which is always a big chance to show yourself. and them being cancelled or postponed was probably the most frustrating thing to be mm. honest um just not having an opportunity yeah no yeah. i get that not being able to showcase what you can do yeah exactly but you're definitely yeah. putting your hands up now though well let's see Jerry playing someone real rubbing loads of uh quarterfinals semi-finals coming up hopefully for yeah. Leicester absolutely yeah, yeah. well Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Looking that way. Uh, the next question is um, from a young fellow, I presume, who's looking to work on his kicking game. What would be your uh, number one advice for them? Um, I suppose trying to watch what other players are doing is probably a big thing. Um, and then finding what works for you. Um, so obviously watching other players, but don't try to, to copy them exactly. You know what I mean, everyone's different. Um, it's kind of, it's not a one fit. Um, suits all so I think it's probably what find what works for you and then just kind of hammer that on the practice would really be what I would say yeah just hours on the pitch pretty much I think but make sure you're doing the right stuff you know I mean there's no point practicing the wrong thing for 100 mm. hours um, so yeah. if you're better off doing less of good stuff and where do you, where would this young fellow now go to get some tips to look up YouTube videos of your highlights or stuff or <laughs> uh, that's not me trying to big you up now but like if, if my kick and I'm not a kicker yeah. at all like, I need but, one of your apps <laughs> one of my apps yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> but like would, would you get that kind of tutorials on YouTube or what, what would you I suppose say? just in game I mean if it's if it's kicking in game if it's out of hand I suppose trying to watch all the games over the weekend, just what different players are doing. Because obviously different players have different trends. And then if it's goal kicking, um, I think probably watching the in-game stuff is probably the best because I think a lot of people might put up kind of different kicking drills and stuff, but they can be good. But it's what happens in the game that actually counts. That's that's how I would view it. But Leinster are great for having like summer camps for young boys to come out, young girls and boys to, to try out and learn and practice. They're great for that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're very good at sending players out to, to different summer camps to make appearances, give little tips here yeah. and there. And how many times a week are you practicing kicking then? Uh, probably th- three or four, probably. Yeah, it kind of depends how I feel as well, to be honest. Um, when I was younger, I definitely practiced a lot more, um, but I probably found I was practicing too much and then I might get little niggles here and there. And then you're playing the game and you're groin's kind of ha- yeah. hanging off you a little bit so uh, now I've kind of got to a stage where I just kind of do what I feel is, is right and then once mm. I'm happy um, you get to the game and hopefully they go over yeah well it's working for you definitely um, I have a question here from Brian he's asking what it's like to be involved in such a successful setup in Leinster uh, yeah it's brilliant like I think um, the success we've had over the last few years has been great um, but we have also been disappointed by I suppose how we've gone in Europe the last few years as well so mm-hmm. um, it probably shows where we are as a group in terms of we, we've had very good success but we always want more 
Um, I think that's probably how I would view myself as well. Um, it's great to be winning, but you always want to win more. Um, so it is great though going in um, most weeks knowing that you have a very good chance of winning the game. Mm. Yeah, of course. So we've been praising you a lot so far and we're going to continue to praise you and then that'll be about it and I'll start slagging you again. But um, some, I know some saw it as a kind of a stab at Johnny Sexton. So Philippe Saint-Andre had a quote and praising you and I'll just read it out here. He said, I like Ross Byrne. He's capable of exceptional things. Yes, Sexton is an icon. He remains the starter, but Byrne has played more this season at Leinster. They have a new generation who are showing up well, who are interesting. So what do you make of him praising you? Now, I presume he's talking about, yeah, he said Ross Byrne, not Harry Byrne. There you go. Yeah, uh, just want a confirmation on that. <laughs> what do you make of that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like he's, um, I suppose, probably played against Montpellier more than any other team in Europe uh, and always gone pretty well against them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear. Look, from he's obviously a pretty well-established coach. Um, as I say, it's probably more of a, bit of a jab at Johnny um, more than anything I think the French media like getting into him um, but look I'll take it yeah very <laughs> modest man very <laughs> modest uh, final question what has been your career highlight to date uh, career highlight probably the year we won um, the Pro 14 and the European Cup it's um, not playing under 20 doesn't mean no that's low down the list. We had a good Spanish team, in fairness, with a few good days out. Um, but really, I'd say yeah. that that season, yeah, it was probably the best. Um, like there was some, I think that was probably uh, just everything seems to kind of fall into place nicely. Amazing. Oh, yeah, that's great. good stuff. Yeah, that was a good backline. That's my claim to fame anyway, playing with Ross Byrne and Gary Ringo's in the Six Nations. And then I, I fell off with them, went into the seven setup. Yeah, and the boys kept going. And um, yeah, we played. Under 20s. Under 20s. What year was that? I didn't okay. know you played under 20s, Greg. Yeah, I went all the way Sorry. up to 20s. Uh, and 2014, would it have been? Could have been 2014. I remember we played in Italy in the snow, it was on the pitch, yeah. like three foot of snow yeah. as we there arrived, and they just scraped it off. It was honestly like playing it in, insane, in yeah. a bog. Where did you come that year? I can't remember. Didn't uh, win it anyway. We beat Italy, then we beat France, and then we fell off cliff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lost of England at home, and all momentum was gone. Yeah. yeah, I remember that game. I got to sixty minutes, and um, I uh, broke my cheekbone in four places. No. Yeah, an Italian no. guy came in and tackled me up highs. Forehead hit my cheek, shattered mm. my cheekbone, and uh, I didn't play again. Yeah, very sad. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I scored though. Is that why you get all this plastic surgery? I broke my face. <laughs> I broke my face three times on three separate occasions. My I went to see, um, I don't know, just some special word for face doctors yeah. and he and did an x-ray in my face and he goes, man, underneath your skin oh is, I want a better word, effed up. Like, so we going into UFC next Oh yeah, I'm like that. Yeah. <laughs> he said like, your cheeks are all like off place, your jawline's out of place. I was like, yeah, look, just years of playing rugby. Um, anyway. Moving on, there's URC games um, around this weekend, rescheduled from round 10. The four South African sides uh, were traveling up here. And luckily for us, um, one of our guests here was actually involved. Um, another good win for Leinster on Friday night, Ross? Yeah, it was a good win. Um, it was a little bit frustrating we didn't get the bonus point, but um, we're happy with the win. Uh, I suppose we didn't really know what to expect from them as we, we haven't played, played the Bulls in the first game of the season, um, but... Haven't played a South African team since, and they were good. Uh, they were a typical South African team, very strong scrum, kicked the ball a lot, um, very strong defence, and they were physical. Um, but they were they were very good. They were very yeah. tough to beat. Have you reviewed it yet? Not yet. It'll be tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow, yeah. yeah. You, you uncharacteristically gave away a lot of penalties in the first kind of half an hour. 
Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, just uh, I don't know. I suppose a few, maybe a bit over eagerness. Um, young fellas just wanting to put their hand up, kind of. Yeah, a little bit of that, I suppose. And we we're probably trying to get the ball back, um, maybe a little bit more than we would um, against other teams. And we we're kind of trying, I suppose, trying to up the tempo as well. Um, but that kind of counteracted that a little bit, made a little bit the start of the game a little bit frustrating. Kind of it brought them into the game a little bit more. Yeah, I want to ask you about the um, Dave Carney try. This that was some movement off the line. That's obviously a set piece uh, play, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. You called that? What? You called that? Did you? Yeah, well, I didn't call for it, so I can't claim that. <laughs> it was a nice team uh, try, though. It was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was nice. Uh, particularly when you, I suppose, when you work on stuff like that during the week, um, and then it comes off um, so cleanly as it is, as it did. That's it there. Uh, you yeah. probably practice that over and over and over again in training, do you? Uh, we actually move. We actually just walked through it a few times. We actually didn't even really get we actually didn't get to run in training, um, which I suppose which was what made it so <laughs> yeah. so satisfying when it you came out. You never off. even rented a full pace in training? No. Really, yeah. Uh, Reese Roddick's try, I think, really or uh, his line really made it there. Yeah, he's a tough man to uh, leave if he's running at you at that pace off the line out. So exactly. he's, uh, he's a good decoy runner. Yeah, but, um, and speaking of me, sure, 200 caps, yeah, is it? In the weekend. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, still going strong. Yeah, he's been he's been some serving for Leinster. Um, he's been there his 13th season. He's been 13th for Leinster, season, 13th, yeah. 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 Well, I um, had the honour of going in and training with the Irish senior team one time and Reece Ruddock was there as well. Honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met yeah. in my life. We were sitting, obviously, we were the like newbies, like in the corner <laughs> that were just lucky to be there. Like, and he came over and sat with us and was chatting away to us and was a really, really nice guy. Is he like that always? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, and obviously, he captains the team a lot. Um, so consistent as he well. Shows, yeah, he shows such leadership. But I think even on his 200, like you saw how he plays, um, obviously, really taking the fight to the lines. Um, and he was. He does that week in, week out for us. So he's uh, he's phenomenal for us. We have to mention as well, Sean Cronin. He's got he had two hundred <laughs> appearances as well. And in the game, a lovely little chip and chase. Did you teach him that? <laughs> that was I a saw, great kick. I saw him. Yeah, look yeah, at that left foot as well. Was it? <laughs> it was great. Oh, uh, he's loving that. Yeah, uh, hopefully he gets a bit of stick in. He did well to get back into the line there as well. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, it's good Shannon RC man. He learned it down playing for Shannon. Yeah. That's <laughs> all, yeah. all they do down there, isn't it? That's all he do down ball. there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, nail biting at times. But like, so let's go back on top of the USC uh, table now. And who do you have next? Uh, we travel to Treviso next oh, nice. weekend. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up with whether they have a few Italians released or not. Yeah. Yeah, I have to mention. Um, I thought Scott Penny was brilliant. He had try machine. I think he's got scored twenty one tries in. Uh, I have it here actually in thirty five Leinster games. Yeah, it's some record to be yeah. fair to him. Um, yeah, I think whenever he gets inside twenty two, he gets he times it very well <laughs> yeah. for when uh, it's his time to pick the ball and go. But now he's. Uh, He's a bit of a try score machine, as you say. Yeah, yeah another uh, good moment in the game was from the player of the match, actually, Tommy O'Brien, that a try saving tackle in the corner. Incredible effort from the blind side, wasn't it? That was great. Yeah, well, I was thankful because obviously your man runs oh, right yeah. past me. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah I have to so, see this uh, back. So yeah. I, I, pretty, I pretty much given up and I said, oh, Tommy coming out of nowhere. But no, it was some effort. Um, I can't spot you there, but I'm looking for you now. Like, yeah. yeah, really no, good try saving. Yeah. It's I, a shame I, that guy didn't step back inside. Yeah, but Tommy Ryan doesn't even give us a smile. No, yeah. That's right, lad. You're allowed to be in the moment. He's all business. It's all business. Is he, yeah. What's he like as a guy inside camp? Or yeah, no, he's training? very good. Um, he trains like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's very hardworking. Um, Amazing. But, yeah, no, so it's great to see him get out there and play well. It was also great to see Dan Levy back as well. Yeah. Dan's After a long injury, had, wasn't he? Uh, um, such an unfortunate time oh, with injury. Brutal. Um, and particularly the last, the wrist injury was like so innocuous in training um, and it was especially when we were meant to have a few games and he was meant mm. to be involved in them as well but it was great to see him get out there and unscathed so hopefully he gets to play again in the next few weeks Yeah, great to see him back um, but another uh, Irish team was playing this weekend weren't they, Megan? Connacht were out in sports ground against Stormers yeah. and they clawed back in the end and got the win did you get to watch that one, Ross? Yeah, it was quite entertaining seeing the Stormers lads playing in sports grounds it looked pretty windy <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say they got some shock. Uh, I kind of don't know what the name of Stormers time was. The kick, he hit one kick and it went short of the post and he was just laughing. Yeah. Uh, I was say. actually thinking that as I was seeing, I was like, these South African lads out in the sports ground, the poor fellas. And uh, they put up a good game. Yeah, no, they're good. In fairness, the Stormers are very good. Obviously, they have a few mm. spring boxes as well. They're, uh, they're a very talented side, so yeah. Connacht did very well to win. Yeah, that. they ripped into each other at times, didn't they? they did. It was it great was to see the South African teams travelling well now. Mm-hmm. Remember a couple of seasons, they yeah. come up and it would just be like 30, 40 nil. So actually, you have to like properly get ready for the second. No, they're very up. good. Yeah, I think the league really needed it. I think after as well, how the Southern Kings and the Cheetahs, it didn't work. Um, so I think there was definitely a little bit of anxiety as to whether they were going to be success or not. But um, if they keep going the way they are, mm. they're going to be very tough to beat. And obviously going down there, I'd say it'll be a completely different proposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah with the heat and everything. But I suppose I have to mention a talking point is actually um, after um, a red card last week for two yellows, Connors Tonga forward, Lever Fifita, if that's yeah. right. He had a superb game as well. Mm. And he topped, there's a lovely picture of his family after the match as well. He topped the tackle count, made a couple of turnovers and a number of strong carries and he got man of the match. How did you make his performance? Yeah, yeah he he's just so, so aggressive. But um, it was a really good game by Connacht. They had some lovely tries. Maybe you saw, um, I think it was Tom Daly's try. Yeah. It was, it was really, really good. Yeah, no, they're a seriously good attacking team. Um, we've, we've seen that all year. Like, they do score some very good tries. Um, and yet, you definitely, it's a very, it's a defensive challenge when you're playing against them, for sure. Mm. So we have a try here now. So we have Blade, who makes a break, which is very nice. And then there's just the speed that come onto it here, which I think, it's just the way Connacht are playing nowadays. And Connor Fitz going around Sonata there is pretty cool as well. Nice try. But it's cool to see Connacht now just having that kind of attack and play, but it's just the inconsistency really, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, um, I think obviously they score some great tries like that, but um, even, I suppose, the games, even last week, they were it was probably a lot tighter than it should have been. Um, so that's probably been hurting them a little bit this season, obviously losing... Uh, they've lost a good few games in the league, um, so obviously they'll be looking to turn that around in the next yeah. few weeks. We have another great try here from Willemsa, uh, with a lovely run from Peterson here as well, and a lovely kick from the boot. Great hands. It takes a lot of skill to take uh, pick up that ball. Yeah, it was great offload off the ground then as well. And a good leg drive here to present. Willemsa, serious finish against... Um, great reach. Against the flanker as well. Good strength. That's the second try of the game. Yeah, so the Stormers played really well and they were up 17-7 at halftime. Mm. Connacht fought back, which is great that Connacht had that kind of um, aggression in them and they stayed in the game the whole time. But in fairness, there was two yellows for the Stormers. I don't know if you saw Ruin Nell's uh, yellow card, mm. did you? 
Yeah, I think Stormers would be disappointed. They had the wind, I think, in the second half as well. Mm. Um, I think a South African team would back themselves the way they play. Um, yeah. So I'd say they'll be pretty disappointed with how yeah. they, they finished the game. Ruinel nearly took off Conor Fritz's head. <laughs> this poor guy. Like well, I've played against him in the sevens and he's just all out aggression. Like, it's just, it's just, even we saw it today in the, in the Irish game where um, the Italian guy got sent off for that, those high hits. What are you making of that? I'm really nowadays? surprised it wasn't a red, to be honest. Just with the way that world rugby in the international yeah. matches are so easily going to the red cards for like mm. a, like today in the Italian it red, game. It was red today in the Italian red one, today, yeah. but it, it was there was no mitigation in it at all. I don't think. Yeah, but yeah it's a hard it's a hard one to to police. Like I think yeah. the, probably the frustration is that. As you said, that one's not a red card. Then in the Viva today, it is a red card. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably just the inconsistency. And I think the one today as well, people will probably go, oh, well, Dan Sheen gets up, so he's fine. It's, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Could that be a yellow? But I understand what they're trying to stamp out of the game because mm -hmm. obviously people are getting hit in the head and the issues that have been documented in the last year or so with head injuries and stuff like that, it is yeah. important that they do remove it from the game but um, it's difficult to do like you've got big men going against each other <laughs> yeah. one trying to out-muscle the other one you know what I mean so it is going to happen I think in Super Rugby they've changed the red card as well I think they're trialling a 20 minutes so I think you're a sim in for 20 minutes then you can replace that player so maybe that's something they need to look at mm. doing because I think Games get ruined, I think, if it's an early red card. Yeah. Um, and so totally maybe agree. it's something they could look at, whether it's a 20 minute sin bin and then you can sub the player off or the old black card in GA. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean. But it's. Just try and keep the flow of the game. Yeah. Like we said plenty of times, like you said, the, the match is kind of dead. Yeah. It's very bit. frustrating. And if, I suppose from a spectator's perspective as well, um, yeah. in big games, if it's a big Six Nations game or a big knockout game, no one wants to see it, especially if it's, I mean, if there's there's malice in it, then mm. fair enough. But if it's just mistiming. Um, I think, yeah, it's just ruining the game. Even today with the Ireland-Italy, once the red card happened, you're like, oh, it's game over and everyone yeah. got turned away from the TV. Yeah. Which then there's the balance mm. of you do need to punish the person that's come out and done that. So as you're saying there, that rule where it's a yellow card for what you said, 20 minutes, and then you can replace that player. Yeah, I think yeah. something like that. Because I think there, I know, like they definitely have to stamp out those t sort of shots in the game because obviously we don't want head injuries. But I think it's probably tough to go from one extreme to the other. So maybe we go to a twenty-minute sin bin and then we can start making it harsher from that until yeah. the the habits of players change because habits of players aren't going to change overnight. Yeah. Um, but I, I do agree with what they're trying to do. But mm. maybe it's we need to ease it into it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Again, it's it's. It's a fine balance and it's tough to get right. Yeah, it's definitely a review that needs to go into it. But they can take um, some inspiration from the black card in GAA and just try and individually punish that person that's done it. Yeah. And just keep her up because you don't want games at this top level. Like, imagine you get into a quarterfinal or semifinal and someone does that and it's just, all right, we're done now. Oh. The systems, you know better than me, Ross, but like systems and teams work with 15 players. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not training in the week with 14 players. No, like, I mean, it gets to a stage now where you almost, like, there could be a card every game, whether it's yellow. And I'm true, sure yeah. most teams would probably talk about different plans for if certain players are to be carded. Um, that's where the game has gone to now, which is not what we want. Um, yeah. But I do understand we do have to punish it. So, again, mm. I, I don't know what's the best way to do it. But Is it something that you focus a lot in training is that low chop tackle? Are you capped on times or, um, you know, with a certain amount of contact you can do during the week? 
Not yet. <laughs> Hopefully that's coming in soon. <laughs> I, thought, oh, I thought it was, actually. No, I think it's coming in in 2020. Is it? Next year, next year I think. In fairness now, we don't do too much contact in Leinster, so yeah. it's... Uh, <laughs> Ross is I'm devastated by that. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if, much, if teams do that much contact anymore now. I think mm. with how attritional the games are... Um, and also, I suppose it's a bit of a risk to injuries. Now, teams would do short bursts of it. Of course. Um, but players would also prefer that because they feel they need it for the weekend. So um, I think the gone are the days of probably doing contact drills for an hour on end. I think they're probably long gone. Ross Byrne and contact drills. You go away when pigs fly. Like, <laughs> not a chance, man. Oh, yeah, they never happen. In <laughs> <laughs> fairness, you make your tackles when you have to, but I'd say you're not seeking them out. Like, <laughs> what do you mean when I have to? <laughs> seeking them out. <laughs> yeah. No, you were. I actually noticed it a few weeks ago you were playing and you went, you actually went to hit someone you drove them back and I was like, go on, Ross. You're not just kicking a ball anymore. I uh, just won for the highlight. Yeah, yeah get it in there. Um, well, to finish off and wrap up on the P- Connacht Stormers game, they came back mm. and got the great win, 1917 with an unreal finish from Peter Sullivan and he got topped or put the ball in over his head and in fairness to the ref he didn't go up to the TMO he, he gave it straight away so well done to Connacht getting the win out in the sports ground I think they're That's up to 6th in the standings now even though they've played most games, 12. So uh, they can definitely Im- improve in the league. But do you think that's all right for them, six in the standings? Uh, I'm not sure who they have to come or like who's playing them next. So uh, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. To be honest, the table's been a bit distorted because of like some teams have loaded game in hand, mm. some teams don't. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to gauge, I think, until teams probably catch up on how many games they've played. Yeah. Um, Would you even be keeping an eye on the league standings? Do you care about that as a player? Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, you, you care where Leinster are, but like we're other teams are do you really mind uh you probably wouldn't look too far obviously in and around the top few yeah. you'd definitely be keeping an eye on so like obviously at the moment we've Ulster coming up in a few weeks and obviously we're very close to them so you definitely be targeting certain games um yeah like that but um as i said it's been a bit of a mess just with covid and yeah. but hopefully it'll level out a little bit now in the next few weeks just quickly before we finish I really wanted to ask um, when you played Connacht at the time I think there was a little bit of a bite between you and Jack Carthy would there be a lot of competition there like how do you think he's getting on because he wasn't playing yesterday is he just back in the, is in the Irish setup at the moment yeah obviously he's in the squad at the moment I uh, played against France but oh, I don't know it's just one of those little no. sort of things uh, I don't think anything, anything too extreme is going to happen when two tens <laughs> are going at it on the pitch like. yeah, two nice lads as well like just a bit of handball I know well, but, yeah. sorry I had to say no but sure it's just the natural as we kind of alluded to at the start like it's just you want Ireland to do well you want Leicester to do well but at the end of the day like it comes down to natural competitiveness yeah and, do you know what I mean and we just want to be playing well. So another game we have to talk about, we'll just kind of touch on, is the Zebra-Bulls game. Bulls absolutely smash Zebra 45-7. And our try of the week is actually in this. Mm. We're just giving it straight away to a guy called Kurt Lee Arundesi. I actually played against him in the 70s, a South African guy. And you might as well be chasing shadows with this guy. He's unbelievable. So fast. So fast. So yeah, he's playing on the wing for um, the Bulls here with the scrum cap and he's just gliding. Destroys this lad. Newman doesn't even get a hand on him. Oh, Incredible try. So, um, Definitely yeah. worthy of try of the week. Yeah, 100%. Very good. The South African guys are Some just carry from this guy as well. level speed. Yeah, they have a balance of physicality and just raw speed like that. And it's it's, it's tough to match. <laughs> the poor out half just crumbled. Yeah, so that's a great try with him. And another game we're just going to kind of tip our hat to is Benetton v Sharks. Sharks won 29-7 away to Benetton. So not a great weekend for the Italian teams, unfortunately. But what, how Most do you of look their at players the... in Benetton were playing in the Six Nations match, so they just didn't have any of their players for Benetton, did they? Yeah, true, true. What do you think of the Italian teams in... How are they getting on this season? 
Yeah, it's a strange one. Like tri- Benetton, obviously, I think it was two years ago, really made a big jump, and they were. We actually had them in our group in Europe, and we we beat them at home. Um, that was a tough game. Now we got a bonus point win, but we went over there and we really struggled. Mm. Uh, it's very tough game, um, and they've kind of they've dropped a little bit in the last couple of seasons. Um, although at the end of last season they had a bit of a run, but I think last year they they didn't win a game. I think for the first four or five months. Um, mm. But this year they've improved a little bit. Losing Garbisi was a bit of a blow to them. Um, mm. I think. Because they were obviously looking to really build a team around him. You know what I mean? He's probably going to be the Italian tenor for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, so losing him was a big loss. But it's a disappointing for them that they haven't kicked on from where they were a few years ago. Mm. Um, but they are, I mean, if they can sign a few more players, um, it'd be great for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just don't see lads wanting to go to Italy. Like, you know, they don't. No, it's probably tough as well for the Italian union, like, because if they're signing players who aren't Italian qualified, they're then taking the places of players that are going to be playing for Italy. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's probably hard for them to make, if you make Benetton stronger, are you making Italy weaker? Because that's what happened with Benetton a few years ago. So guys like Monte Ioni, yeah. um, number eight today, Freely, they were playing for Benetton, but they weren't Italian qualified at the time. So, and with a three-year rule gone now, you can't really do it anymore. So it's probably hard to... You're weakening one and strengthening the other. Yeah. yeah. And what do you make of this whole chat about South Africa getting put into the Six Nations? Yeah, I mean, it would make the Six Nations better. Mm. Like, I know there's traditionalists and they say, well, it's the Six Nations, but... You'd destroy Italy, like, wouldn't it? it, w- it would. Well, would you take Italy out of the Six Nations or do you leave them in and do you make the format of competition different? Yeah. Or do you bring in another country as well and you make it eight teams? Yeah. Um, Even more rugby than to be played. Well, yeah, but you maybe you wouldn't play every team. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's something they need to look at because um, the Six Nations is like the way it's wor- It's not working at the moment with Italy. So they, I think they definitely need to look at doing something. Mm. Um, and even with the South African teams now playing in our league and then qualify into Europe, I don't know why they wouldn't bring South Africa in. And it's also going to make the product a lot better. And yeah. we all want rugby to improve. Um, and reach global audience and this is one way I think which might help it yeah Jesus Ross I'll get you on the world rugby board right? yeah you're very good like, you got some <laughs> yeah. great facts yeah. <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of world rugby we have some more news we want to chat about so just kind of touching on the, the best rugby news across the world so our under 20s are playing really well I think they're undefeated at the moment make it three ones from three in this year's Six Nations they're flying it have you been watching them on the Friday nights no we've been playing at the same time yeah, so actually seen the highlights but no they seem to be doing really well which is great to see yeah. Um, so delighted for them yeah Yeah. hopefully they keep going well I'm very impressed with them um, also another um, Limerick native Limerick native <laughs> a friend of mine Frank Bradshaw Ryan yeah 6 foot 10 for Frank Bradshaw Ryan who I was in the Munster Academy with him I played with Shannon Rugby with him I know him really well and he got he didn't get on well with Munster and he got dropped and he got a contract then over in France with Nevers um, I think there were probably two at the time. They might, I think I'm not exactly sure. I think they might be gone into top 14 now. Um, but he's playing really well week in, without, week out with them. And when he first went over, he was a big, tall, skinny lad. Like, let's be honest, you kind of only got there off stats because he's 6'10. Who mm. the hell is 6'10? Devin Toner, that's about it. <laughs> but he's uh, really developed himself. He's big now and he's playing unreal rugby, so much so that Ulster have now signed him. And he's coming back to, to Ireland to play rugby. So, what do you make of that? It's a great move from I remember him yeah. in a few 20s camps with him. Um, and I remember at the time, like, who is this fella? He's enormous, like. Um, but as you said, he was incredibly skinny at the time. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's great for him to, I suppose, to come back to Ireland. And I'd say Ulster are delighted. 
um, to sign someone of that size, I think. Yeah, um, he's probably gone away, got a bit of ball, got some game time, some confidence. I'd say it's a tough league to play I'd say as well. So I'd yeah. say, yeah. That's great. Probably be a breeze yeah. coming back here. Yeah. You don't want to play him now, Greg? I know. <laughs> I know him so well. We're growing up. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, oh, Frank is such a big size. If only he was a bit tougher, a bit more aggressive. But like he's just growing up, like, you know, he's yeah. a teenager, finding it, what, how to even handle his mm. body. Like, you know, we're all down here, just, well, yeah. you're a bit taller than me, but I'm down here 5'10". <laughs> he's a full foot taller than me, oh, like. Yeah. So I say he's just figuring it all out and he's just developed himself. Yeah. And he's at, at 26 as well, he's very young for a second row. Yeah. Like, he, he could have another seven, eight years, if not Easily. more. So he's only really probably coming into his prime at the moment. Exactly. And he's probably looking at, like, getting back in Ireland to play in the Irish team as well. And to, mm. who there's no one that kind of plays that way, except Devin Toner, who's now retiring soon enough, I presume. Like, would you think he'd be looking to get back into the Irish, or get into the Irish team at all? No. Uh, well, I'd say, look, he's looking to come back. And if you're, like, the thing is, if you play in Ireland, there's only four professional teams. Yeah. So if you're a second row, there's four second rows in each team or maybe three or four but like if you're starting for your province you're not that far away from playing for Ireland because there's only four teams so more of a chance you have a lot more of a chance whereas if you're playing in England or France there's well (laughs) there's more than 12, 14 I mean there's how many professional teams so if you're playing for your province starting week in week out you have a decent chance of getting into the Irish squad now, whether yeah. you're going to get into the team or not, I don't know. That's a different thing. But if you can get into your team, you're not that far away. Mm. But it was obviously, sorry, Devin Toner was obviously Joe Smith's like talisman in the lineup <laughs> for how many yeah. years? Like, I don't know if Andy Farrell wants like a six foot ten guy, but you presume it'd be such a nice option to have because there's no one else in the country that's at that height. Like, so it'd be really cool to have that option in the lineup. Not that Ireland need it, like, but it's cool to see guys like him coming back. Um, uh, one of your teammates, Keen Healy, he's at 34 and he's now been signed a new contract. Mm. We're not sure how long it's been signed for, do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> just wondered. Well, Any I news know, on the yeah. camp? Uh, well, obviously he, I don't know, he said a few years, so I don't know what that means. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how long that is. So, <laughs> Everyone uh, seems to be yeah. Yeah, taking um, different guesses as to how long. And we're always trying to get it. the inside scoop here. Yeah, well, to be honest, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder why he's not coming out with how long he's signed for. Is uh, it, it was the age thing release. is it because it's 34 I don't <laughs> yeah. know but Sean like you're you're travelling to Benetton next week how do you think you're going to get on against these guys yeah it's always tough game going mm. over there um, hopefully the weather's good so um, which always suits us <laughs> we can obviously play a quick game um, sit down as well having a coffee yeah, is it absolutely. Absolutely. Which, yeah. when would you travel over uh, Fridays when we'd usually go the day okay. before um, so I mean we'd probably get a few lads back um, hopefully from the Irish squad as well mm. um, which will obviously strengthen us a little bit and be great for them to get game time as well um, but yeah looking forward to it it's important that we get a win because obviously we're playing um, Ulster the week after which will be a huge game yeah, it would be. Oh, mm. looking forward to that. But sure, next week will be super against Benetton. Looking forward to seeing you do well. Yeah, best of luck, Ross. Thanks so much for coming Thank in you as well. Much. I appreciate it. Been and awesome. Well done, Megan. Thanks very much as well. <laughs> well done, Greg. <laughs> Running the show. Yeah. And also, of course, thank you to our partners, Bank of Ireland, proud sponsors of the four Irish provinces. Until next week, guys, thanks very much. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.